So let me first get one thing clear, because most people think that we all need to be more agile. And then when you look at what they mean by agile, they just create more chaos, right? Your team needs leadership. Otherwise, especially when they want to reach goals that are complex to reach, then they need leadership. They need proven methods they can apply, which is another word for steps they can follow, right? And that can be on any detail level. But your team needs something. Otherwise, it's just people desperately trying to hit a goal, but having no idea, not the right skills, not the right tools, not the right methods. So, hello Manuel, welcome to episode 50 of our Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Um, yeah, actually um, 50 episodes behind, I hope we um, um, provide uh, proper value for our listeners and um, yeah, we keep uh, uh, go, yeah, on going with that uh, content. Um, our topic today is uh, all around uh, workflows and, and processes and how they can probably help our businesses to grow probably and uh, get uh, more effective in what they are doing. Um, first question, how can I create uh, or prepare a workflow and this helping uh, me in my business? <laughs> so let me start from the biggest mistakes that people and I in the past typically do is they look at what people do and then they try to package this into workflows. But very often that ends up in like just micromanagement and significantly reducing the efficiency. And this is the case because the efficiency is not just created by having more workflows for what people do. The efficiency is mainly created by controlling the input, what the team gets, and then what the team should deliver as an output, as a work result, right? Like a marketing team creates campaigns or funnels or a support team creates answer tickets, a sales team creates um, like closed contracts, right? But when you are not clear about this, then like there is no way to get a workflow which should help your team get the fastest way to the result. That's the main goal of a workflow. And that's what efficiency means, right? When your work looks like this, constantly distracted, and you try to get there, but everything always distracts you somewhere, or even worse, you have no idea how to get there, but you always try something and it doesn't work. You try something else, it doesn't work. There is no way to create a workflow for that, right? So you need to have a goal and it can be a complex goal. Then at least your workflow is based on iterations like Scrum, right? That's a basic workflow for team collaboration. And these are the components you need. You need to have a goal and then you build kind of a methodology which is another word for workflow that helps your team reach this goal and get where they want to be. That reduces stress, that increases performance big time because your team goes then like this, or maybe like this, but not like this, trying to get mm. there, but not moving forward. 
that's how you build a workflow. Mm, you mentioned um, that um, just uh, in the beginning about like how to uh, build up workflows, but don't uh, uh, micromanage and like this whole building up workflows and processes comes more from the past uh, century with the whole manufacturing and everything where, where it was set up. How, how do I make sure uh, I do set up or implement uh, workflows and they are not like uh, micromanaging my whole teams. I just like that, uh, dictate what, what is happening in those, in those processes. So let me first get one thing clear, because most people think that we all need to be more agile. And then when you look at what they mean by agile, they just create more chaos, right? Your team needs leadership. Otherwise, especially when they want to reach goals that are complex to reach, then they need leadership. They need proven methods they can apply, which is another word for steps they can follow, right? And that can be on any detail level. But your team needs something, otherwise it's just people desperately trying to hit a goal, but having no idea, not the right skills, not the right tools, not the right methods to get there. And that creates a huge amount of stress, disappointment, and organizations fall behind their goals. Right? That's how yeah, the wrong type of workflows or having no workflows and thinking we need to be agile, which ends up in chaos, is like, from my perspective, the wrong way. So I believe in having an agile process like iterations with clear goals, measurable goals, and then the team commits on what they want to create as a result of the sprint. But you don't control what they do, right? You don't tell, now you do this, now you do that. This is micromanagement. But when you lead with goals, you first need to be able to have like your main goal defined, then break it down into sub-goals and then let your team decide what they want to do and create in order to get closer to this goal. Okay, so for example, in a marketing team, it's like weekly sprints. And what they do at the end of a sprint is analyze the conversion rates and then look at where in the funnel the conversion rate is out of benchmark and then create a task to create another copy because this is what converts for the ad or for the landing page, whatever is currently the, the bottleneck for higher funnel performance. And then they do this till the end of the sprint. And then they look if what they did was effective. In other words, if the conversion rate went up, right? And that's always a game from systems that give the team feedback based on numbers. And then the team decides on what they want to do or create in order to improve these KPIs. That's a workflow that is free of micromanagement and full based on result ownership and leadership based on results. And um, maybe you can go a little bit on what do I need care of in the first place when finding and then later on implementing a workflow for certain tasks or for certain projects. Okay, let's assume you already have your goal set. You know mm. what your team should create right? And let's assume you don't know how they get there because you are the business owner, but not a marketing expert, for example. But then you hire a smart person or you have them in your team already and they come up with, okay, what do we need to create? They decide. So it's setting the goal, setting the direction, saying, I have no idea how to get there. 
right? And then let the team decide what they want to do. And they should also be able to say, I have no idea. And we need support with that. So then the next work item is to find someone who can bring this experience to the team. Otherwise, they are tapping in the blind, right? And that's how you first help your team build a methodology they can follow, like your workflow, and then keep them accountable and help them reflect on if what they did was effective. And if yes, how can they do more of that? And if no, what, they, what do they need to change, right? And then you have an agile workflow and an agile process with full ownership for your team without micromanagement. Right. You uh, mentioned uh, um, um, also in the beginning about um, yeah, just copy pasting uh, maybe from, from others like workflows they, they have already created. Um, and now we have like this huge shift from uh, the, the last couple of years from all synchron to asynchronous work mostly where, where people are yeah, working in different places and not everyone is around. Um, and those new environments also need, uh, um, yeah, that we rethink how, how we work together. What are the benefits um, for teams and also the business owners um, thinking about those um, at first in an asynchronous way um, to set up those workflows and then also like, yeah, yeah just um, staying, staying with that. Because I feel often that uh, what happens is um, we just like copy pasted the work from office and then think that it works also in the asynchronous way, but we, have, we haven't rethinked the, the, the whole process. Yeah, I mean, your, your office is just a tool to implement constant communication, right? Your office is there to put all people in a place so that they can like interrupt each other, or in other words, they can talk to each other whenever someone thinks he or she needs to talk to someone else. The big problem with that is constant interruptions. Right? And the big problem is that if this becomes your culture, constant interruptions, then there is no ownership in the team because people, they always are just like, uh, can someone help me with that? Can you do this? They don't like think about their own options and what they can do in order to improve that. So the empowerment is not there to solve problems by themselves. Right? Otherwise, I mean, it feels like good teamwork, and it is, but in the end, it's, highly, it's very often very inefficient if you don't have clear ownership with clear roles and then a workflow that helps the team collaborate properly. So now when you shift your work to asynchronous communication, like people are spread all over the globe and they work with digital tools. So then to avoid this constant meeting marathon, which is just a replacement for the office where everyone is always together online to constantly communicate because there is no clarity. People just lack clarity. They don't know what they should do, how they should do it, and who is responsible for that. That's why there is constant meetings for trade hours per day. Now, if you want to work asynchronously, the big benefit is that you can like onboard people from everywhere and time zones don't really matter because you don't need to be online at the same time just for some overlapping time slots. But to be able to, to make that work, you need to have a lot of clarity. Clarity about ownership, who owns which Part. So, for example, if you are a marketing team, who owns the ad copy? Who owns the content? Maybe who owns the entire funnel content? And then who owns the campaigns, right? And then a workflow that those people that create the copy have a clear interface to hand over this copy to those that run the campaigns. If you don't have this clear handover of information or assets, then of course there is a lot of communication required because clarity is missing. 
And I think assembly lines, as they were invented in the industry, they are important and they come back for virtual teams because they give the team structure and clarity and transparency. And that gives people more certainty that they are doing the right things. And instead of feeling comfortable because other people are present, right? Leadership by presence. They now feel comfortable because they have transparency about work progress and results. And that makes asynchronous work just possible. Could you um, mention maybe also some prominent examples where we can then, when we have find those, those workflows and processes, also start to automate those uh, um, um, yeah, processes and workflows? Because this is then the next step, maybe when you have clarity and everything, what are the, the examples, what, what is really easy and maybe then uh, feasible to, to automate in, in the next step? Absolutely. And I think this is more important than ever because efficiency matters and it's not to replace people by automation. That's what a lot of people I talk to are afraid of. Now, when you automate mm. everything, you fire all your employees. No, because people need to own these systems that are now automating workflows and they need to monitor them and fix them when they are broken. Right. And then on the other side, people get more free time and attention to care about each other which typically is not the case when everyone is constantly hustling and hustling in meetings and has no time, not even a minute, to just ask, hey, how are you doing? What just is on your mind? Just talk, right? You cannot do that when nothing is automated, when everything just depends on manual work. Then everything mm. is just a hustle to get the work done. And so automation, if, I think. Sorry? Yeah, sorry, and better if everything is like just uh, um, yeah, on, the, on the side of the business owner or the team lead. That or needs to take care of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Then, then you ask the team leader or business owner, you have to do your own work. And also everyone is constantly pulling you everywhere. Can you help me with this? I just had a coaching call today where a person told me like, and that pulled me back to 2017. We had this mm -hmm. huge office with a huge corridor. And then when I was trying to get from the entrance of the office to my office, which was on the other side, then all the doors opened. Hey, Manuel, can you tell me this? Hey, Manuel, can you help me with that? It took me sometimes 45 minutes to an hour to get to my office. <laughs> That's totally crazy. That's totally crazy, right? And then the days just continued like this, knocking on the door, Manuel, I need your help. Knocking on the door, Manuel, can you help me with this? And whenever I asked, say, what did you already try? And nothing, I just want to talk to you. So this is not ownership. That's when you accept this behavior, it's like raising adults that always depend on you because they get used to that. So, but now to answer back the question about automation, <laughs> I think automation sounds nice and most people try to start with that and it doesn't work because you need to tell tools like software or make or savior precisely which information you want to be automatically transported to another tool. If you don't know this, or in other words, if you don't have a clear workflow, You cannot automate that. You can connect some tools somehow and they might do something, but rarely this is more efficient. If you have a shitty process and you automate it, right? You have just an automated shitty process. Mm. So this is really the first thing. It's boring. If you don't like it, then creating process definitions is boring, but it's required to like get efficiency and build automation. 
And uh, how, how do I know um, if the workflow or process um, when I have created them is set up the best possible way? Like, is there any way how to, to monitor the, the, the quality of those, those workflows and processes in, in the afternoon? When they are automated, you mean? Yeah, yeah, or they don't have to be automated, but uh, can, can be both cases, I guess, yeah. Like, how, how do I check on them if they're like really what, what I want to get out of them? And, and I'm, maybe I'm looking at that biased uh, in a biased way and I'm not have, I don't have the capability to really analyze it. But how, how do I know if that is the best possible way? So in the end, again, what a process does, it helps you get a result faster. Get from where you are to where you want to be faster. For example, it's, let's look at a funnel. A funnel is nothing more than an automated lead generation or sales process, right? And if you don't have a working manual lead generation or sales process, there is no way to automate it. And what does the automated sales process do? It just gets your clients or potential clients in your sales system without manual work. So it's less time consuming and often it costs less because you need less human resources to move potential clients to the stage when they really want to become clients, right? And then the salesperson can just focus on talking to the client that is really interested and qualified and then try to sign the contract with them instead of talking to any person, trying to find out if there is a potential need and what is the need, and then try to create an offer and have a lot of meetings maybe to go to a lot of dinners and in the end nobody buys because it was clear from the beginning that they are not qualified so you need to have a structured qualification process and then you can automate it and you see if that works if you first get the result that you want of course so you get qualified leads that want to buy from you right no matter how long it takes and then you measure how much money and time does it cost that's typically your like lead or customer acquisition cost that's how you see if it works. It's KPIs. It's all a numbers game. Yeah. Um, and how, maybe last, last question, and uh, especially for a German audience, um, how do I make sure that I'm not overshooting those whole process and keep things at a functional level that are yeah, just fulfilling their, their use case? And you know, perfectionists, like they, they have the lists of kilometers with uh, um, yeah, things to follow up and uh, that maybe is getting even more complicated and less result orientated. By first, as I said, starting with what you want as a result. For example, let's look at transportation. I think that's a common example. You want to get from A to B, right? You can walk. It takes a lot of time. Now, in the next step, do you try to invent a car and go into all the nitty-gritty details if you never had a car, no, you won't do that, right? You will first start to invent a wheel and then put something on the wheel so that you have a skateboard because that is, that is efficient to get you from A to B faster, right? And then you look at maybe how can you make that more stable or you look at what are the problems then. Maybe you often like crash on your face because it's not stable enough. Then you found the problem, you make it stable and then it's better. Right? It's really the evolutional process, but always trying to get from where you are to where you want to be, reach your goal. And if it is very inefficient, get there. And then look and reflect on how you got there and find out what are the problems with getting there. And then you add something 
typically a new feature to the process, a new step, a new asset, a new tool, a new automation that helps you improve the quality, that helps you speed up the process, right? Or that makes it more enjoyable, whatever the problem is. But you always want to look at the whole thing, not just a part, and then optimize this part without ever getting to the result you want. This is what people often try. So they, they over-engineer the first step and never get to the result. So get to the result first and then optimize how you get there. That is very important. And then you have an, a good process that works because it delivers results and you make that better every iteration. Awesome. Do you have any remarks or uh, closing thoughts on uh, our topic and then we wrap it up for today, Manuel? No, I think we, we talked about everything. There are videos you can link below the show notes about how to build an automated sales funnel, just in case people are interested in that. Mm -hmm. Right, that's an, a good example and an important lesson and always start from the result you want. Cool. Manuel, thank you very much for your time and uh, insights today and chat next week for episode 51. Cool. Thank you too. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Mm -hmm.